Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome to Enter the Dragoner's Den, the official podcast of the Battle Frontier. I, as always, I am your host, Taco Dog, joined by the twelve-time legend Jet Force Gemini. Hey, welcome to Week One. It has finally begun. All the hype is paid off, and we are recording this a couple of hours after the first line or the first announcement went live. The Battle Frontier is here, and I almost knocked over one of my lights by making grand gestures in my studio. We are also joined by f- former Sylph Rider for FSN, and he has now doing, I want to say, the loan work on the weekly articles, bringing his talents over. Please help us welcome Mr. MJ Get It. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All the applause. You can keep it going. I will be here all night. Thank you, thank you, thank you clapping applause everywhere (laughs) but it is such a pleasure to have you come back and i mean i'm gonna speak for myself like i like i said i enjoy reading your articles week in and week out so i'm really glad that you decided to write articles for the battle frontier yeah i'm probably gonna do something different for the battle frontier trying to figure out a name for it right now but probably keep within the battle frontier naming style of things and bring something different for this than i could self self i kind of had to like restrained a little bit on what I could say, even though they did let me get away with a lot. But like here, it might be a little bit more unhinged, a little bit more free reign, a little bit more unrestricted. Might even have y'all peek in on some of my thoughts while I'm writing from time to time. I don't know. We're gonna have fun with this whole thing. Are we gonna get the raw MJ reactions? Ooh, if we do that, I might get kicked out of the server. Uh, well, <laughs> as long as as long as you keep it PG-13 here, you're always gonna be I mean, as a guest here. So. <laughs> so before we get off and we dive into the pools by the way this is a preview show so yay we do i do have to make a couple of corrections from last week when we announced as for so last week i said there was going to be no changes to the ultra league and master league it was going to be like an eight system it has since dated to where the open is going to have your s tiers and your eight you can only certain pokemon from each tier and then the master league has expanded its band list to also include bax caliber the paldean pokemon that's going to be making its debut in pokemon go soon part of the ultra unlock uh, event that is starting i think it's round two yeah be on the 10th september 10th i think yeah and then they also changed the the tierings a little bit they've added you still have the eight points they also added the SS tier, which is going to be Mega Scizor. S tier is Dialga, Groudon, Mewtwo, Solgaleo, Steel, Mega Steelix, Xerneas, and Zacian. It appears as though, like, for banned Pokemon, just like the heaviest hitters, like Diancie, Gardevoir, Gengar, super thankful about that. Mega Charizard Y, but not X. Tyranitar, the Primals, and of course... Actually, I'm, I had to do a double take because I did not... There it is. Mega Rayquaza and the Laddie Twins are not going to be allowed this time out and complete form Zygarde. So I'm very interested to see how this is going to work out. It's prop- also probably due to some move updates that we talked about last week. And of course, Flygon is unfortunately one of the bigger losers by not getting Breaking Swipe. But that was last week. I'm not going to get into I'm yes, not going to get into last- my ranting. It was last week. A better a better Pokémon got be- Breaking Swipe and Steelix, so yeah, so now I've, I've since jumped on the Sandslash train a little bit. I've been having some fun with that in GBL. And then as far as the rest of the Paldean Mons, so far, as of this recording, so Greg, or amazed if you're listening, please don't make this change. 
The Paldean Mons will the other Paldean Mons will be allowed until a formal announcement is made for them. So go nuts. Of course, Niantic has also unveiled the community day for September. It is Chargebug or Grubbin with Volt Switch Vikavolt. Uh, Volt Switch as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, it yep. did. Oh, I'm I'm dumb. I just thought it was the other way around. <laughs> now they say you evolve it by a magnetic lure. Vikavolt and Chargebug both will get uh, Volt Switch. Oh shoot! I just, I just posted the picture and didn't even notice that when I read it. Dang. Insert taco does not read joke here. Which I guess that's a good thing. They giving them Volt Switch because Spark wasn't really going to help out Vika Volt anyway, and it seemed to hurt Charge Bug a little bit. True. And then Vika Volt is just a very attack weighted Pokemon. So, and you're giving it a slow move like Volt Switch. I'm not sure it's going to make a lot of waves PvP wise, but Charge Bug and how good it is in some niche metas i think it'll make some some waves it might even replace lantern possibly as the top electric user in pvp it won't replace lantern you don't think so lantern, lantern's typing just kind of makes it where it's hard to overcome that because charge bug being what bug and electric you still got to worry about your fire types and then if what fire i think what exit exit got uh buffed and did it did it get an energy increase too because i know it got a power increase yes it's like that kind of that kind of hurts it a little bit too like if exes had just gotten the power creep and not the energy increase then okay yeah probably being contention for probably best electric type but but i know jet go ahead i was gonna say i know jet and i had kind of touched on this we were surprised at the at how cheap that x scissor was because in the main series games it's just a move that hits pretty hard hard as a as a bug type and so I think they kind of increased it and put it to a point where it should have been. And Niantic's like, oh, we messed up. Let's fix that. Ding. But yeah, so far, the only on. the only X-Scissor Mon that has kind of been affected of it, and I hate using it, or I hate fighting it, is a Scizor for the time being. It kind of affected Beedrill, too. I haven't fought well, against Beedrill, and I haven't used Beedrill yet. So I'll take your word I, for it. The Shadow Beedrill hits like a... You thought it hit like a truck before. It hits hard now. Like, you don't got something that can resist that exit. It's going to chunk. Ooh. I think I think you're the first one to say something positive about the Exit on Beedrill specifically. I've, I've all heard pretty much that it is looking like a nerf just because of the extra energy. But yeah, having having done some, some Shadow Beedrill play in the past like i know that even just the poison jabs do stupid damage so yeah mm-hmm. having having even more on the x's are totally makes sense and that's that's where i'm at i'm like i like the power that it adds to the shadow beedrill like regular beedrill yeah it got nerfed but the shadow one like it can take it's gonna die anyway real quickly so like the extra energy means nothing if it's gonna knock you out before or make you use a shield before it dies so you know tip for tech Alrighty then and then I, I know we had kind of I kind of hinted on this, but the Paldean starters will be coming starting Tuesday until September the 10th local time. We will be getting the Paldean starters because they are the better starters than Gen 8. Sorry, monkey lovers and the new god amongst Pokemon, Shiny Lechonk. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> From a PvP segment, I like the way that the starters are going to be used. I'm excited for... Skeledurge's Incinerate, assuming that they don't Niantic the the starters. 
But I think these three Pokemon specifically can be really good in some niche sections and maybe even GBL. I'm not talking about Lechonk, but <laughs> it's Skeledurge, perfect as is. I feel like Skeledurge off-rip is going to be pretty good. Quaquavo might have to wait for whatever they decide to do with Aqua Step. That'll probably be a community day. Yeah, like if it makes it where it's like a 100% buff to its attack all the time, then is looking like a problem. But until then, like it's probably going to be sitting in that Polyrath, where Polyrath used to be, where it was like, okay, you know your fast move, what's going to be your charge moves? Yes. <laughs> and then you have the cat. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good in the game. Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't translate well over to Pokemon Go. It's so quick, but it's just like, what do you what do you even do with this thing in Pogo? Like, tell them to unnerf seed bomb, give it to it, and let it go. But then you know everyone's gonna want to do Trevenant. Oh yeah, like Mandibuzz is now here now. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, unnerfing seed bomb and letting it have fun in a less impacted flyer meta. I can see that. Uh huh. Is there is there even like a cheap grass charge move anymore? Leaf Blade. He said it, not me. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> Leaf Blade, I think, is 35, and then Leaf Tornado, if you want to go that route, sure. on Superior. Yeah, but it's got Frenzy Plant now, so I don't think anybody runs Leaf Tornado unless somebody explicitly says Frenzy Plant banned. Yeah, the double attack debuff comes in handy every once in a while. Yeah, if you, mm-hmm. if you feel like <clears throat> going the coin flip route. Hey, there's some Kingdra players out here, so you gotta believe there's gonna be somebody out there that wants to do the point flip. Fair. I mean, I was also I was a former Kingdra player, so I can I can relate to that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, it is now time we take a look at the Battle Frontier, starting at pool number one. Y'all ready? Uh-huh. All right, let's do this. All right, so we got pool one. We have the Thunderdome, Deli Birds of the Word, Slark Paper Scissors, Sky Dragons Gaming, Deoxys Alberta Form. Icarly PvP, TNT Fingles, and finally Barktown Boomers rounding out the top or the first teams in pool number one. And to be quite honest, there's some names that I can vaguely, vaguely recall in here, and there's some names that I don't. I remember hearing the first time when you talked about it, specifically MJ. But I'm gonna go ahead and say that based on the the caliber of these teams. I like the Thunderdome and I like Barktown Boomers because they're ri- like, I'll be honest, they're really good. They, they meme a lot, but I think that they'll have their work cut out for them with the, I guess, like the, I'm not going to say like the stack the, or how stacked this, these teams look on paper, but this one looks like maybe the Thunderdome or Slark Paper Scissors can run away with this one. In pool one? Yeah. You don't think so? No. What do you like- think? Unless the, unless the like, what is it? Time frame, you know, when people got to do their battles, the time zones. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. Unless that becomes a factor, this is Sky Dragon Games to lose. You think so? Oh yeah, like, and this ain't a discredit to everybody else. Thunderdome can put up some real big points really quickly, and Barktown Boomers was coming on pretty hot towards the end, getting that promotion to bronze after well, what would have been bronze in this season of Self if we had one. But Guy Dragon Gaming been like they've been. This is where I kind of agree with everybody who's been up at the top. Be like, well, you put a top team up there against some of the lower uh, tier teams, and 
the top tier teams always going to win. Like Sky Dragon Games have been playing at a top level since the start of team play. Whereas Barktown Boomers, and this ain't a knock to them, they picked up some names. Aragorn is my king, and was JD Scooty on their theme last time out? Because I don't think I remember seeing his name on it, but like they picked up JD some Scooty names. JD Scooty looks new, Professor looks new. The rest of them, I, aside from you shout out Aragorn is my king, the rest of them look uh, the looks same. Insane. You still got yeah. T, Pikachu, Unknown, Soteri, Silent Beast. Silent Beast is a freaking monster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw, I, I saw what he did in New York. But just, I don't know. Sky Dra- is This looks like a tier where Sky Dragon Gaming is theirs to lose, and the only factions I can see is probably beating them. Oh, like maybe Barktown Boomers with their improvements. Deoxys Alberta form kind of feels like. They feel like a faction that should do well here, but I don't know. I think they got the best Ultra League player in the tier in Lawson Cody 22. Mm-hmm. So there's at least two points right there for them probably every week, unless somebody proves me wrong. What's up, TNT Flingles? Y'all probably going to be the ones to do it. But I don't know. I just I just look at it and go Sky Dragon Gaming's there's losing. Everybody else fighting for second place, possibly. Interesting. Which I wouldn't, okay. which I wouldn't be surprised if TNT Flingles either... Like, was the team to beat Sky Dragon Games and get that second place finish or even first place finish or just, like, go half and half, four and four, uh, four and three, three and four? Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. All righty. Jet, do you have any thoughts on pool number one as well? Yeah, I, I feel like it's hard not to be a fan of Sky Dragons after how well they did in King of the Hill. I'm not super familiar just with their roster. I don't, I don't know how many of those are still in it from there but I, I assume since they're an older team they're they're probably chugging along pretty similar yeah one thing that i did want to point out was uh, because of the crazy the craziness of free agency this season there's a lot of big names that are on new teams however one thing i will kind of point out is how are the like after this first cycle goes on how are these teams going to continue that success when new teams get added and maybe those big names go off and go join their former self teams should they come back in looking at every player that's in here from wing attack hey now hey now <laughs> i'm gonna draw a line in the sand right now and be like oh, Look. oh stop it riblet's fine for right now <laughs> we we understood going in that this was a temporary solution but our team was already good and riblet is gonna make it just Better. as good <laughs> i still have full faith that my guys can take on not like I'm not saying Sky Dragon Gaming, but I'm gonna say everyone else in the everyone else in the team because you're you're hyping them up really well, and uh, our track record against EMEA Diamond teams is 0 and 1 so far. But we'll get a revenge. You'll see. I believe you. Until the time comes, then I'll be skeptical. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Our our biggest win is definitely that Latam team we we beat in week one. So we'll take that. All right. So do you guys have a kind of like? Who you think will finish at? The, like you said, obviously MJ Sky Dragon is going to take the first playoff playoff uh, words playoff spot. Playoff. Yeah, who do you think is going to take the second one? Uh, I ooh, I don't know. Like I want to say I can see Deoxys Alberta form. Like you're talking about free agency, they don't went out and picked up a couple people off of. I want to say formerly Sub Zero and. Elite TMs, they done brought some people back from there. Got TNT Flingles, who I think all of them are, maybe except Borders, is like original members, and they're pretty good as a group. 
Like that second that second place looks kinda open between Deoxys, TNT, and Barktown Boomers to me. And again, we don't know what Deadly Birds the Word is gonna do. I know some of the names on there, but like at the same time, I don't know how they function as a team. Okay. I can respect that one hundred percent. I can give you my top three. Oh, and really? then I'm gonna I'm gonna get Jets afterwards, but my top three, I've got Okay, I'll 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 ride the hype train. Sky Dragon Game is gonna take number one, <laughs> and then TNT Fingols is gonna take part two out of pure spite alone, and then Deoxys Alberta form since they're tech. I guess they're gonna say because there's a, they're kind of a new team at this point, they're gonna take that wild card spot and kind of be in limbo, and then everyone else is gonna be in the lower bracket. See this, I I kind I really do want to see how this plays out because I. TNT's good enough to where they can win this tier, this pool. But I know how they did last match play like some higher competition in Diamond when they made it there. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I would say like they're good, but the question is, can they pull it together? Oh, they and can then... pull it together. Like, I'm not doubting that at all. It's just more so what weeks are they going to have bad weeks? Because they don't, they don't lose big often, but they lose like some close ones. Ah, okay. A little more frequently than they probably should. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Jet, what about your top three? This this is one of those where I, I wish I knew, especially because we have so many of these higher tier teams in this pool. I wish I knew them better. Uh, but yeah, hearing, hearing about TNT and Deoxys Alberta, I feel like that's kind of rounding out the, the base top three for me and then it's kind of everyone else trying to fight into that just kind of opening sequence if you will Mm -hmm. gotcha one thing i do want to point out and i will kind of echo what amazed and greg said when we had them on a couple of weeks ago is the top two teams are going to be put into a top 16 a top 16 seed for single elimination and then third place can be a wild card spot that doesn't necessarily mean they're guaranteed to be in. And then the teams four or fourth place through eighth place in your pool are going to be a bottom 32. And there will be a single elimination based off of that. And then once all that's done, the tiers will be shaped out after this first cycle. So every team's going to play it. Every, every team is going to play at minimum eight weeks. And with the most weeks will be played as 12, which coincidentally includes an entire season for Pokemon Go. Hmm. Fun yeah, fact. Just right, just right. Give or take a day or two, you know. But what can you do? So with that disclaimer out of the way, I like this tier. And like you said, it is Sky Dragon Gaming to use. But, you know, as we learned in factions, anything can happen on any given week. So maybe Sky Dragons gets overconfident and they drop a game or they drop a match that they were easily supposed to win. Maybe Fingles decides that, you know what? Let's prove MJ wrong because now... Enter the Dragon, yeah. Enter the Dragoners. Dan is has given him a microphone, so we're gonna well, run on pure spite alone. Well, see, TNT doesn't. They we I like TNT Flingles. It's just they don't like when I write about them. Ah. Whenever I write about them, the the bat always ends up being either twelve nine or eleven ten, coming down to the last battle, and they're usually on the losing side of it. Gotcha. So like well, I I know they're good. It's just kind of them weeks when I decide to write about them. Like, you know, maybe when they play Deoxys Alberta for them. Uh, that's when I got to see if they're going to hold through or not. 
So I know it's going to be very difficult, but when they fight against Sky Dragon Gaming, do not write about them, please. That depends on where they're at in the standings at that point. Okay, I can respect that. That would be... I'm already checking because I'm a terrible... <laughs> I'm terrible. I just want to see. Where, where are you? That'd be week... Uh... Week two. So next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That might be the more entertaining bout that week, depending on what happens with Thunderdome. They have this week. They've got Deli Birds of the Word, so that'll be interesting. Like I said, depending on what happens with Thunderdome, might be TNT and Sky Dragons next week. All right, so ready to move on into pool number two, y'all? Oh yes, yes. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> ready? Let's go. You right. guys can step back. I can talk about this one right here. All right, Ooh, MJ, let's go. Take so, it away. So, so should we get? I was gonna oh. say, should we get our thoughts out of the way and then go ahead, just, go ahead, just, go just ahead. hand it off. <laughs> well, see, I was just gonna name the teams first and then right, kind of like right. open there. <laughs> so pool number two is gonna be Canadian Shield on Nerdy Brave Nerds PVP Sea Kingpin. Copium Northeast. This is a. This is still Northeast Battlers. They just decided to change their name. Mighty Thunder Ducks, ah. East East Caliber, Rock yeah, Paper ready. Slark, and Decidueye mm. Dynasty Green. Oh, that's so what we're going by now. That that is the name that they decided with. So I'm huh. not going to. I'm not going to say anything. But you know, my top three is. Wait, Brave is that, Who is who is the Decidueye team? The Rowdy Rowlets. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Oh, that's why I kind of questioned. I it, like, wait, I thought this was the original Decidueye Dynasty. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So I'm gonna say my top three is because I'm biased. Brave Nerds number one, Rock Paper Slark number two, Shield on number three. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. I, I already put the disclaimer that I'm biased. So ooh. Jet, Jet, let let's hear your thoughts, and then we'll let MJ. <laughs> mm, mm. My my thoughts. Are, are pretty much just like we have a bunch of friends in this pool and really excited to see how it shakes out yeah i yeah <laughs> this this is this is gonna be such a fun one um but yeah i guess my 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 comments just kind of continuing some some threads that we've we've been dropping through our episodes are c kingpin and rowdy rowlets now Decidueye Dynasty Green can't can't mess around. <laughs> They're in the find out section. They they've skipped Whoa. over the the f around. They're at find out now. Instant find out. <laughs> okay, MJ, take it away. Okay, now let's see here. We got Rock Paper Slarks, Brave Nerd, Canadian Shield Down, Mighty Thunder Ducks, and Copium Northeast, which is Northeast Battlers, but with a couple of new players on it, like with Dodge and Hot Pocket from Pogos. Like, this is going to be, I don't know how to explain this to you. Like, whoever you pick as your top three, like, the wild card is going to come from this from this pool right here. One of the four wild cards coming from this pool right here. Like, you got Rock Paper Slark and Brave Nerds fighting this week, week one. I don't care if that was randomized or not. That's a great way to start off this whole thing right here. Then after that, Brave Nerds got to run through what? They got, I want to say, Rock Paper Slark this week. Then after that, they got Canadian Shield on. Then Copium Northeast. They're already in must-win mode here. Uh, shoot. Copium Northeast and Mighty Thunderducks. Like, for real, with me and Mighty Thunderducks, the way I look at it is like Thunderdome might be the A team. Mighty Thunderducks is probably making a big run for that little di- that little academy system they got going on there with them Thunder Thunderdome and the Thunder Squirrels and the other one I can't remember them off the top of my head right now. 
Thunder but, Fury. Yeah, them. Oh my God! This team, like when I first saw this this pool together, I was like, who the who who thought this was a good idea? But at the same time, thank you for putting this together. Like we got a legitimate rivalry here between <laughs> Rock Paper Slark and Brave Nurse. We got some like if this was any other tier, probably ex- any other pool, probably except for Pool Six. I'd say Copium Northeast runs away with this one, but because Canadian Shield is in there and like that's the group that's been together since probably like they've only added one or two players to it their entire time. Like that's a dominant group. We know Rock Paper Slark, they've been like the last season of Silk, they were I think 34 and 2. They only lost two times the entire season. And people might be looking at that going like, oh well, they was uh in what? I think it was open and iron when they lost their two matches. One of them to Brave Nerds, by the way. Uh, yeah, like the revenge, mm-hmm. like okay, cool, but they only lost twice, and now, like, you you talk about Sea Kingpin and the Sidewire Dynasty Green in the F round find out portion. Nah, 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 like, I've been saying for a while that had Silk continue, Rock, Paper, Slark, and Brave Nerds are like emerald quality teams, and they're going to be in there with what is it, Copium Northeast and Canadian Shield on. Then there's the wild card in this whole thing with Mighty Thunder Ducks who was a part of that open six group that Rock, Paper, Slarks, and Brave Nerds came out of when all of them got pushed up to iron. They've kind of like come on, like they got to kind of shake that little demon off their back with losing to Rock, Paper, Slark all the time. And I think they've only, I I don't know, I think they might have beaten Brave Nerds once. I know they didn't beat them in iron. I don't know about open, but they're a little bit of a wild card. Don't know how they're going to do against Canadian Shield on. I do think they're going to lose to Copium Northeast because like, yeah. That, that just kind of looks like they're ready to flex on everybody. But the one fact, like, I, I don't know who to tell you. I can't, I can't confidently pick a winner out of this pool. I can't pick, confidently pick second place team. I can't even pick a third place team. Like, I just know one of the wild cards is coming out of this pool and it's going to come down to whoever beats Sea Kingpin down the most. <laughs> like, this, this is just like, ooh, like, can we, can we, okay, Rock, Paper, Slark, this is not the same Rock, Paper, Slark, because when they were in Silver Tier, I said it like when they played Hoosier Daddy, it's like, hey, however they do against Hoosier Daddy is going to determine how well they can actually do against, like, tougher competitions. Hoosier Daddies was like that, like, hey, if you can beat us or you can play well against us, okay, you have a shot at doing well in Platinum, Diamond, maybe even Emerald. Like, Rock, Paper, Slark went out there and reloaded. They got Wallower back. Callum, he's a very good battler. Zelveros is back. Uh, who else is on this team? Man, it's just like every everybody on this. Oh, I'm just having I'm having a nerd orgasm right here, y'all. I'm just it's just <laughs> wow. Just like the names that are in this pool. Like I talked about with Dodge and Hot Pocket on Canadian Shield Island. You got Freezing Sun and Tangent, that little deadly duo they got running over there. They added no wait, I think No Fun Pain Dunn is new to that group. Uh let's see. Brave Nerds went and picked up Lyle's Jeff, who was on Team BTW and Sylph, like everything, whoo, just, let's just, let's just let this whole play out. Let me have my fun here. I don't care if I'm wrong about anything here. I'm not picking anybody to win this team. I'm not picking it. I'm not picking. I'm just going to sit here, grab my popcorn, grab my Gatorade, and we're all going to have a good old time watching. Too many matchups we're looking forward to. And sorry, Seeking, but I still don't believe. (laughs) I was looking at the wrong team for a second. I was going to say, Shieldon didn't pick up with Dodge, but then I see him on Copium. I was like, oh, he was talking about Copium. Yeah. Not to mention, Copium picked up Gucci Gang, too. So it's like, ah, that's just a lot. Yeah, that, that team is going to be very good. And they Eight? changed their name because of, who was it? Someone we were messing around. I was messing around with somebody in the 
uh, oh, Bosox guy. We were messing around in the captain's chat, and he was just saying a whole bunch of copium stuff. And you're like, all right, he's her name's Copium Northeast now. All right, <laughs> you do you. It's just it's so it's so much, so much fun to be had here in this pool. It's like off, like just looking at it, I was like, oh, this is the toughest one. And then uh, we'll we'll touch on two others that kind of give them a run for their money. One in particular that just kind of yeah, nah, they that that one's deadly. But this this pool right here, like, look, no real hate towards Sea Kingpin, but like they're you need a prayer to like even get three wins out of this pool. Like maybe you get one against East Caliber if they're not taking this seriously. You probably pick up uh Sidui Dynasty Green, but everybody else is like, nah, I don't know. Copium's probably gonna bust off for 17, 18 points. Mighty Thunderducks could bust off for 17, 18 points. Canadian Shield aren't going to bust off for 17 points. But they're going to give you that like slow and steady 14 7 beat down where like you think you have a chance and then you go back and we watch the film. It's like, oh, wait, no, they had us outplayed the entire time. They were just toying with us. They wanted us to believe we had a shot. Rock, Paper, Slark, and Brave Nerds. Like, Brave Nerds already in a win now situation because they got the toughest start to the season out of everybody throughout all the pools. I'm saying that right now. Uh, just. Oh, let's let's get this shit started, y'all. All right, I love it. <laughs> we, we we made it. We did I'm gonna drink it. some water, y'all. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you got it. All that's, right, that's that's pool two, guys. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to how to what's the word? I don't know how to build off of that. But I think this was this was one of the ones you posted a tweet about. I'm still calling it Twitter because of course it's, I am. Yeah. yeah. You you posted this as this was one of your your quote unquote pools of death, and mm-hmm. you were yeah I think it was like an anonymous question who asked it. And I go yep this is definitely going to be this is definitely going to be do or die in this one. But so I, I I definitely agree with you that the a wild card spot is going to come from here unless hail mary happens and they are outscored by teams in other pools. But I'm still standing firm with brave nerds is going to be number one. Rock paper Slark and number two. Because they're gonna shock the the, the world, and then <clears throat> Shield on Canadian Canadian Shield on will be number three because I have to show some love to the Canadians, or else they'll throw maple syrup at me. Well, look, I said I said that was one of the pools of death, but I feel like this next pool might be just a little bit tougher to get out of than that one because pool two is like four factions and one possible that's going to be hard. Like this next pool, pool three is yeesh bunch of defensive star wars in this one <laughs> all right i guess with that we're ready to move on into pool number three <clears throat> excuse me all right so pool number three we have evan stonks hammerheads phoenix rising thunder fury northeast battlers utter madness fearsome frost Lass, muddy water and finally dean air don't care Woo. jet i'm gonna let you take a, a stab at this one yeah, actually, like that we're not like a highlight team in, in this particular pool. I, I like that it's we get to be underdog again. And man, did is is Thunder Fury a brand new team? Yes, that yeah. was the Thunderdome. That is the fourth uh, turn, the fourth team that Big Dude was talking about when he was talking about expanding the Thunderdome banner. Yeah, we got we got heavy competition here i'm all, i'm happy to see fearsome frostless again although i need to double check how many of these people are sort of the same 
because like uh i think like i know bubble mouse was on fearsome frost last and i think maybe kyle undead and Mize racer were too I'm, I'm, I'm sad not to see churches because that was that was my opponent i think both times we played so <laughs> it'll be it'll be a different experience for me at least but um yeah we got we got bigger problems <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even go so far as to put like when we face Fearsome Frost last as a W, that match is still going to be hard fought. But you know, Dean Air beats Frost last, so we have to continue that moniker, and that's just our mo. So Terry, I know you're listening. I do want to say your Ice Queen is still overrated. Them's fighting words. I mean, we've we've said it enough times. Yeah, that I've said it enough times. It's it's like our sign off. You know. So week but, three, fearsome process. Diener don't care. All right, I got it. We're gonna put a show on. But you know, back to the. I think this is your second pool of death, if I remember correctly. I don't yep. have the tweet. I don't have the tweet pulled up. This is, I got. Go on. I'm sorry. Okay, this was, in my opinion, the second toughest pool. Like only one of the pool is tougher than this one, and this one's tough pretty much because a lot of defense, usually defensive scoring on these squad on all these squads here. From what I've seen over the times I've covered you guys and everybody else in here. I see. All right, I'm and still recovering. <laughs> no worries. I can take this one. So, Outer Madness, Evan Stonks are going to be the two Diamond Tier teams. And then Hammerheads and Phoenix Rising are Platinum Tiers. Muddy Water was an Emerald team. You got us in Copper. And then Fearsome Frostlass is the Iron Tier team. I think, well, without hyping our team up too much... I'm going to look at it from a completely objective lens with a side of biasness. <laughs> I think we have a legitimate shot of taking a wild card spot. And here's here's my reasoning for it. So there's obviously some very stacked teams in this in this pool. I'm not going to I'm not going to fret about that. However, the Dean Air team has shown that even though the odds are can be stacked against them 100%, they find ways to take valuable points away from the opposing from the opponent's team even whether that be losing 11 to 10 or winning you know 12 to 9 they they time and time again end up finding a way to win now with that being said we're going to bring up the loss to hidden hidden powers when we were up nine nine to three and then it was nine to nine and then we lost 11 to 10 unfortunately that was single elimination but had that been a pool match we definitely would have put we would have hamstrung hidden powers to get a promotion spot. I like Fearsome Frostlass, even though, like, I guess they're like our rival team because Dean Aaron Frostlass, but though I like Fearsome Frostlass, I don't see them doing better than a fifth place finish. Thunder Fury is very, is very new, though I don't have any data for them. I think this one is going to be Muddy Water takes the top spot and then hammerheads takes the second spot just because like you said when you were on the podcast the last time they find a way to win but they never make it pretty mm-hmm. like ugh. that's my top three okay so mm, the one thing i can say is that this is where i feel so bad for fearsome frost last they are outmatched in this in this pool like any B utter madness, they would have been in diamond. Evan Stonks would have made it to diamond. Like Phoenix Rising was in diamond before they got 
moved down to platinum. Hammerheads was literally a win away from Diamond before. Muddy Water, Emerald, we know that like all those all those teams I mentioned, and even even you guys, DNA don't care. Like y'all don't. It's it's not a pretty win until it has to be like a blowout win. Like Muddy Water's best win best win is when they were down eight one, and came back to win thirteen eight. Wait, was that them? That was, that was us too. Yep. Yeah, see, like and look, and there's a whole bunch of other factions in here that got that too. You guys have that. Hammerheads has, I think, a seven-two, a couple of seven-two comeback wins. Phoenix Rising, like I kind, ugh. the only faction in this pool that I feel confident enough to say is going to be a tough out for everybody every week is Evan Songs. A because I know they're scrimming against Chicago Stars all the damn time, so it's like that, like. You give them give them an inch, they're taking two miles. Forget a, a yard, forget a mile, they're going two miles with it. I'll touch on Hammerheads for a quick second though, because this is I think I, I did I did bring it up on Twitter. Um people sometimes people get upset with me when I hype up some of these teams that haven't really proven or like been up high enough to where I like okay, I got the stats to back it up. Hammerheads is one of those weird ones where it's like former Emerald teams, like Forget where they're at now. Like, what if they've ever been to Emerald? They are 4 0 against those Emerald teams. Now, two of those wins are against uh, Team Omegalo, and they were both two different versions of Team Omegalo. So, take that with a grain of salt if you want to. But the other two wins were against Bad Muse and Northeast Battlers. And Muddy Water is. They, kind, they can let people hang around from time to time. So, like, that first week one matchup. Hey, look at that. Another good week one matchup. Between Muddy Water and Hammerheads, I think that will kind of determine who gets one of the two spots in, like, the playoff the, for the top 16. Like, everybody else, Phoenix Rising, I feel like it depends on what their attitude is week to week. Like, looking at their talent-wise, talent, talent wise, they should probably be, like, top two, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finish, like, fifth or maybe sixth. Fearsome Frost, like, Thunder Fury, I don't know too much about them. Fearsome Frost, is, I'm sorry, like, I don't, I got them best seventh. Then there's Utter Madness, and they can, they, they're also kind of like a wild variant here. They could, they could probably finish first place after finishing Platinum in the last season of Sylph at 8-1, and one, or be somewhere down at the bottom. I don't know, but just this this tier right here, like all the matches are going to be very defensive. Like, you think it's going to be a high-scoring one? Nah, it's not. It's going to start off probably looking high, and then gets end of the day is going to be like 12-9, 11-10, 13-8, with probably seven disputes in four matches. Everyone's favorite. As a referee, I'm getting ready for this one. Mm. But I, I think that I'm not going to be officiating any, or doing anything for pool three. I'll be kind of refereeing for pools one, two, four, five, and six, just because I don't want my, like, if I made a ruling on, say, the Thunder Fury and Utter Madness matchup, and that cascades to put them like, oh, they, they, they're one loss in because of a dispute. I don't want that responsibility. But I think Ben has, or Hollow Purple, Hollow Purple? Yeah. Hollow yeah. Purple's got the, got that stuff put down, so. I was like, yeah, he, he's over, he's a ref for this pool, and boy, he's definitely going to need his work. Everybody's going to need their work cut out for pool six. But we'll touch on that when we get there. All righty. Any, any final thoughts on, on the second, quote unquote, pool of death? That I am now coining this one. Whew, just um, Greg, amazed. Yeah. You should have let us name the pools. Like, 
this 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 is going to be a tough one. It's going to be week by week, and opinions are allowed to change, especially on this one. Yeah. However, this is the first show, so this our opinions here are going to be scrutinized the most. <laughs> Same. Let's boost the engagement. Jet, do you got any final thoughts? Is, man, good battles coming. I'm I'm so stoked. Same. Alrighty, let's move on into pool number four. So we have gotta scroll down for a second. So we've got Rose Lark Bow, Fletch and Dorella Story, Coastal Kings. Home Slice Homies, Lucky Mucks, The Great Unknown, Backstage Battlers, Stadium and, and Stadium Emperors. Excuse me. So this is a interesting. You've got some heavy hitters mixed with some up and comers. And oh shoot. I don't want to go first on this one, but I feel like I, I should. <laughs> I'll, I'll go I'll go first on this one. Okay, you can um, go first on this one. So like how in pool one I said it was Sky Dragon Gaming's to lose. This one feels like Stadium Emperors to lose unless Lucky Mucks and Home Slice Homies just decide, nah, our rivalry is going to take precedent over everything that happens in this tier, and we're going to be the two to come out of this. Like, it's those three and maybe Backstage Battlers, because on paper, Backstage Battlers, I think, has the third best roster, maybe even second best behind, definitely, Stadium Emperors. But I don't know. Lucky Mucks was one win away from being promoted to Emerald in... The last cycle of Sylph and Home Slice Homies, they seem to do well whenever, well, aside from their last cycle, whenever they're in the same tier uh, tier or pool as Lucky Mucks. So I feel like it's those three and Greater Known and Backstage Battle. It's those bottom, those last five teams. It's going to be those those guys pretty much duking it out for the top two and maybe a wild card. And Rose Lark Bow is going to be like a... Rose Lark Bow and Fletch Indorella Story, I feel like they're going to be... They're going to be that. They're that team is like you're going to gain some respect, as long as you keep it respectably close. So I don't know how well Rose Lark Bow is going to do. Fletch Indorella stories in for a battle, so they better be. They better come prepared. But like for this, for this one, it's Stadium Emperors, Lucky Mucks, and then after that, Home Slice, Great Unknown, or Backstage Battlers. Alrighty then, I'm going to choose to go last. Jet, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was noticing that. Home Slice Henry has put himself in the manager slot and also Irod for Coastal Kings. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add. They're like, we know we know Rosarkbo can can play. Like they and they they got to show up. Like there's there's kind of the the punching bag section of of, of this pool and oh, they're, they're not the punching bag section. That's Coastal King. Rosarkbo is the one that can probably just like make it rough. I can't disagree with that punching bag comment, honestly. I'm, I'm trying my best, but I will say, however, that Coastal Kings, when they want to show up, they can they can run the table. Not in this pool. Asterisk. Insert giant asterisk here. But like you said, not in this pool. They have to show up. But I'm, I'm waiting till the very end to give my comments. <laughs> <laughs> and like... Uh especially compared to their last showing in King of the Hill like need to actually show up this time not to get stuck there like just looking through the roster especially for I'm gonna have to get used to the name Stadium Emperors but I see why just with how many uh, look it's EU Emperors plus Arrow yeah EU players they have added to our semi-familiar 
stadium player list, so it's just like, yeah, I that's that's gonna be a surprise if slash when they they drop any bouts. Oh, they're gonna drop a bout. If they look, there's one thing about Stadium Elite and the EU Emperors that I've kind of picked up on is the bout that you that they either need to win or should win and keep it comfor- a comfortable lead in the rate in the standings like that's the one they tend to lose and if they're going to keep the stadium name i'm pretty sure that match is probably going to happen sometime in week four or five and what do you know week four they play lucky mucks and week five they play rose lark bow huh well (laughs) similar story then to just about every other pool where you're you're here because going out of your way to play right and there there is no time to start your engine you gotta be ready today the engine was started a week ago well it better have been (laughs) yeah alright it's my turn and I'm about to upset a whole bunch of people so going off of like I'm not gonna beat up on Coastal Kings because they're in for about 8 weeks of it I will however say I think Rostark Bow is a bubble team and so here's my here's my thoughts on it so I think Rostock Bow is a bubble team mainly because they have really good weeks where they all show up and they're able to dominate 21 to nothing. And then they have games. They play Orange Circle Ballers now. <laughs> Look, let's be real here. There's going to be at least a 21 to 0 at some point here. But I would still pick Rostock Bow to be that team. Anyway, I put them on a bubble team because they win games that they have no business winning. And then they lose games that they have no business losing. And me, however, like they finally get to iron tier in the last the last cycle. But I'm gonna kind of pick on them their first cycle when they started with when Dino Don't Care had started as well. They very well could have been on that on that pedestal they got auto promoted, but they mm-hmm. had some they had some bad mm-hmm. bad cards or the I, dice I came up snake that. guys. Yeah, you right, you right. And and unfortunately it led them to not being able to be promoted when there were six teams. Actually, I think there was more than six teams yeah, that got was, promoted. Eight seven. teams. No, no, it was it was it was five teams. I think got promoted because three teams got double promoted. Oh wait, yeah, you're right. There were no. It was they it was, were one of the last ones. I remember that they were definitely one of the last ones that didn't get it. Yeah, so I think yeah they were the first one out. So they're I would definitely consider them a bubble team in this situation. And the thing is, for pool number four especially, bubble teams are not going to get wins. They can get maybe one win against Coastal Kings or the Great Unknown. You know, this is me saying, like, they have this would be the team that they have no business beating, but they beat, and they have no business losing to, but they might lose. But in this one, I think that Stadium Emperor is going to be the dominant team, and then as much grief as Sceptile Lice gave me when we were smack-talking each other and being, you know, classic D-Gens, I think that they have a pretty good shot of taking either the second spot or the wild card. And then Lucky Mucks will kind of flip-flop between them. Stadium Emperors, and this is going to be a very controversial take, I like the fact that Stadium Elite and EU Emperors have joined together. I don't know if they have got the chemistry to be able to push forward for eight straight weeks. This is going to be definitely one of the Show Me Something teams. Well, okay, so I'll jump in on that. With the Stadium Emperors, everybody on that team except for Arrow has been playing together, like, since Faction started. Some of them even prior to Faction. So, like, Arrow being on the team just kind of like, okay, 
a plug and play and Arrow plays with Inadequance and uh, I want to say Savage Boy. He plays with those guys on a regular basis. So it's like, okay, like that, that you don't have to worry about the chemistry there. That's already there. They're just adding Arrow to the mix. Oh, okay. I appreciate the, I appreciate the, the clarification on that. Yeah, Arrow's just there because A, he's good, but also B, pretty much they needed a, they need like an extra sub and Arrow's going to be more than the sub. He's probably going to be one of the anchors of the team as he was with Stadium Elite when they were in Sylph. Okay, then I'm kind of going to amend my comment a little bit. Actually, no, I already said that Sam was going to take the number one slot. And then this one, I think it's going to be Home Slice Henry's, or Home Slice Homies, excuse me, and... If I had to pick one, Fletch and Rail Story because they've kind of been on the up and up before Sylph got disbanded as like the wild card of the second second spot. That's my my take. I said Fletch and Rail Story is going to play out of their minds though. Uh, you know me, I like I like a good underdog story. Yeah, like it's, it's a feasible underdog, but it's also like yo, you guys like I'm not saying you got to beat all of them, but you got to be able to beat. Is that is that a little too on the nose? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right ready for pool number five yeah unless like y'all have some final thoughts on pool number four mm, nah. jet uh, one, once again i feel like we'll have a lot more to say after we have a week of battles to actually base current teams on versus just looking at rosters yeah, but it's okay to make bold predictions now. You gotta, like, dump into the deep end without your floaties sometimes. And hope that you remember how to swim. But okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push. Alright, pool number five. We have Taylor Swift, T-Swift Fan Club, Gong Rippers, Texas PvP, Pioneer Valley PvP. I was gonna say Apocalypse, but... Or yeah. is it Apocalypse? Or... It's Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, okay. A couple lips. Anyway, yes. Switch Masters, Hidden Powers, and Sharks and Recreation. Mm. I guess it's my turn to go first since I went last last time. Or Jet. No, Jet Jet was quiet. <laughs> I'm usually quiet. Uh where where to even? Obviously we love to talk about Sharks and Rec just because they're <laughs> They're they're one of those super fun teams that's that's just been bulldozing word and now they're here. PvPvp, very curious to see how they do, but I feel like apart from kind of the obvious front runners, they they've got a a nice pool for it compared to some of the other pools of death. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And we got we got gong, gong rippers in a similar situation to Sea Kingpin, I think, where thanks thanks somewhat to MJ, we we know there's there's a little bit of a similar story there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't gong rippers get demoted and then they got promoted the next cycle? Uh-huh. That's pretty much been the mo. Like they they're good enough to be like silver-ish but then once they get to silver that's when they have their little issues so like they have a problem breaking through that next that glass ceiling to the higher tiers ah getting over the hump yeah they're too they're too good to be worse than silver but they're not good enough to be the top end of silver makes sense okay i see i see what you mean on that kind of the same thing with switch masters 
Yeah, Switchmasters was a very interesting team for me when we started covering them way back way back when. They were kind of bouncing they were kind of bouncing around in bronze, kicking butt, and then they were just get on these skids and before you know it, they couldn't kind of turn it around to get back into promotion and they ended up staying in the same pool for I wanna say two cycles and then they finally put it together in the final cycle and got promoted to silver. Or something along those lines. They were in silver their final cycle. Okay. Because they were, I think they were bronze, then, no, they they started in silver, then came down to copper, and then worked their way back up to silver. Okay, I see. So, yeah, okay, so they were in copper, and then bronze, and then silver. Okay, yeah, you're right. And then they lost, I'm looking at their self page as well. Mm-hmm. So they have been, they were kind of floundering around in open, and then... No, that's a lie. They were in silver, and then they dropped they dropped to copper, and then they started climbing back up to silver, where now, they... Now, to be fair, the silver that they were in had Weekend at Burmese, Hammerheads, Texas PvP, Lucky Mucks, and Home Slice Homies. So, All right, so that was Diamond Tier Light. Yeah, I was about to say, like, that one is kind of like, you can understand them slipping out of that hard. Fair, honestly. And Ghost Pepper so... Dunst Spice before they threw in the towel. <laughs> Fair. Uh, that's also a fair statement to make. So Switchmasters, I think, is going to be a dark is going to be a dark horse pick for this for this pod or pool. I like I like Switchmasters. I like Sharks and Wreck. They look to on paper they look to be the favorites because, of course, that's the third member of the the Birds Rock Paper Slark Sharks and Wreck trio that has kind of like stayed the course and been at like the upper echelons. I know I'm living out the mighty thunder ducks because they kind of after the first i think after iron tier they kind of did their own thing and they've just well, been they've kind of been like quietly raising rising up through the ranks well see it's interesting because out of that original open six well maze is no longer around and then field team six didn't join this yet but brave nerds and rock paper slark were always like neck and neck with each other sharks and wreck could beat brave nerds their hang up was always rock paper slark and then what was the other one? Mighty Thunderducks? Their hang-up was like, okay, they can go toe-to-toe with Brave Nerds, and they can go toe-to-toe with uh, sometimes even put a threat into Rock, Paper, Slark, but they would always get handled by Sharks and Wreck. Well, no, I think they beat Sharks and Wreck once, but they never, like, over a course of the cycle, did better than Sharks and Wreck. It's like they were always grouped together, but it was like once one left, you can always bet, like, okay, the next one's going and the next one's going. They always kept following each other. Ah, okay. Do we know very much about Acopolypse? I Other think than that they're a Latin America team. <laughs> they're a Latin America team. <laughs> they're an Emerald Tier Latin America team. I'm pulling up their self page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emerald Tier Latin America team, mostly based out of Brazil, it looks like. And two and two. Like, I'm going to be honest about them. Uh, a Copperfield team. Uh. <laughs> they finished six and three, the final tier, and then they lost to the Great Unknown and King of the Hill. Okay, so I've been on record saying that Latin America is one of the toughest conferences to get out, get through in general. Hey, so we I echo that. Like, I, I feel like a silver and a, well, even a bronze in Latin America could be like a diamond or emerald anywhere else, but. Acopolis, and I'm going to butcher their name the entire time. They're one of those where it's like you know who they're going to lose to when they when they play. 
Like I watching from afar, I was like, okay, they're going to lose all the Infinity teams. Team BK is either going to beat them down or they're going to barely scrape by. Magnus has no problem with them whatsoever. And then when they get relegated, like if they got relegated, like they did once, it's like, okay, well, they're coming right back up, but still lose to like those definite Emerald squads. And in this pool that they're in, they are kind of in there with some Emerald-ish factions. Like Hidden Powers was an Emerald faction at one point and play like an emerald faction texas pvp i will ride this horse until it gets beaten out back like they they are a tough out for anybody and play a lot like like those two hidden powers and texas pvp play so similarly it's going to be scary just see everybody else go up against them sharks and wreck you look at their roster that's a bunch of emerald tier players that just came together and was like okay we're going to start from the bottom up and work our way on up like so even though they would have fit they would have started in gold like yeah they were going to get promoted again like it was just a matter of how many wins they were going to get and then throwing pioneer valley pvp which seems to be one of the great things that happened <coughs> out of um the what's the thing king of the hill was their little working relationship happening with socal swablu they done picked up a couple of players off the san diego team and i feel like that's going to fix some holes that they've had in their team construction for a while so I probably la, 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 is going to just have to like they're an emerald faction but like yo you're going to have to prove it here like they're, they're the one they're the one emerald that I look at and go I don't trust your emerald against this specific group and that's before we talk about T-Swift fan club I was like that, that's interesting you would you pick that team to be your bubble team who uh Alali la, la, la? yes <laughs> Man, it's gonna be hard to say with a straight face. I, ugh, I got them finishing fourth. Hmm. Like I feel like Texas PvP, Hidden Powers, and Sharks and Wreck kind of are your favorites here, and then maybe them and Pioneer Valley PvP. Now you mentioned T Swift Fan Club. I feel like there's a story behind that. So with Latin America, their bronze I consider to be everybody else's diamond or maybe even emerald in some cases. T-Swift Fan Club finished in Diamond in APAC, but you have to remember there's only four tiers over there. It was it was Emerald, Diamond, Platinum, and then Open. So, like, their Diamond isn't, like, everybody else's Diamond. And then on top of that, if they're still all mostly APAC, which I don't think they are, like, that's the thing, because I... Ugh. I think Red Panda might be APAC. No, Red Panda is APAC. Uh... But the rest of them, I don't know if they are actually APAC or not. But if they are, boy, that time zone difference is going to kick their ass. Like, this whole thing's running off Eastern time, Eastern time zones. And you're playing 12, 13 hours ahead of where you're supposed to be. Like, you're going to have to make yourself available at times where you're not usually available at if you're in the APAC. So this is kind of where I'm looking at them. Like, like, thanks for coming out. I don't trust you simply because of that. And I've seen this happen before with APAC teams when they do, like, North America stuff. Case in point, Tassie Timbers. They came to North America in the open tier for like the last cycle of season one and finished four and three. Didn't even get to play some of the better teams. They just like lost to some of the, not lesser teams, but not like the best teams. They didn't get to play Bad Muse. They didn't get to play Hammerheads. They didn't get to play Texas PVP. They played and lost to Bust of Mine. They played, I think they lost to, I think they might've lost to Gong Rippers. But yeah, T-Swift Fan Club, that's the one, that's another one where I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be a time zone difference that causes them to struggle or if maybe 
that diamond isn't really a diamond, if you know what I mean. Mm, okay. Yeah, that one that one's got layers for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now one thing I will say, you you speak about you're talking about time zones. One thing that Greg Animes did point out in the interview was if you're playing from EMEA or APAC or Latin America, you're on North America time. Mm-hmm. And so all the teams here know that going in. And I think there will be an issue. Or they, they think they know. Yeah, sorry. They think they know what they're getting into. But, you know, coming from one player that like the only people that he likes to fight from the APAC region is when they're exactly 16 hours apart. So when I'm waking up, they're going to bed. Oh. And so we're both sleepy. And that's when we knock our matches out. I think that it can be, it'll be an issue, but I think after like week three or week four, the time zone issues will work itself out. If you're an APAC team, you, it better work itself out. You should know exactly what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they explained it up front, then like, oh, hey, you, <laughs> you got to play when we play. Like, so you want to play at 11 o'clock p.m.? We can do that, but I'm not going to be adjusting my time to acquiesce for you to play in the eight North America thing. And that's one thing I really appreciate about... I'm going to probably say more praises about the Battle Frontier, but there is a kind of a agreement of, look, you're coming to kind of compete, and most of us are in North America time. You're going to adhere to North America time, or, you know, you won't compete. Well, bounce, right. And I think, and I'm not sure if this was ever enforced in self. Or if there was an unwritten rule about it, but if you were like an APAC team and you went to compete in North America or EMEA and you say, oh, I can't do this because it doesn't work out with my time zone. It's like, well, then why did you guys join EMEA or North America? See, I think that story might hit a little bit too close to home for Sharks and Wreck because I feel like I think there was a time where they had an issue, but it wasn't so much that they weren't acquiescing to the time zone that was presented to them because they i think most of their players are emea but at one point during i think one of the past cycles and again i'm going off what i saw like i'd be totally wrong and if i'm wrong i'm wrong who cares it's over with one of their players was in emea was in the emea time zone but was ready to battle with the north american player the north american player set the time the emea player was ready but the north american player wasn't so the EMEA player kept trying to reschedule over and over again. Like the EMEA player was ready to go, the North American player wasn't. Ends up going by and the North American player gets the point instead of the EMEA player. So Sharks and Rec might be hearing that and being like, yeah, okay, you better enforce this because if we're playing out of our time zone and we're ready to show up when the agreed upon time is there, but the North American player isn't, then like it better not go the way of the North American player if the battle doesn't get done. I see that, and <laughs> yeah. It is going to, yeah, like you said, it does hit a little close to home. I'm sorry if I'm opening up any old wounds. Nah, However, I opened, I opened that one up, and I might be, I might be, and probably am wrong about how that whole thing played out, but it didn't matter because Sharks and Wreck won that match. True. And if you are wrong, you're at least able to take it on the chin and say, okay, well, I learned something. So, you know, going forward, thank you for, for you know, thank you for educating me, you know? Uh-huh. Like when you told me about the chemistry thing, because. I don't care, like, I'm a big chemistry person. I don't care if you bring the 10 best battlers in the world together. If they can't get along and they only work out for one season, like, was it really worth fighting for that one season if you're just going to fall back down to the depths of mediocrity? Right. So, anyway, but we're getting a little too far off topic. (laughs) Pool 6 looks pretty full of managers. 
Ooh, yeah. good God, pull six. That is the true group of. That's not group of death. That's if death is being kind to you. <laughs> Should we let MJ start on pull six after I announce everyone? Go ahead. All right. So pool number six, we have Chicago Stars, Decidui Dynasty, Who's Your Daddies, Thunder Squirrels, Icy Wind, Electrum, Nerdy Birds, and Team Omega Lol. Mm. I do want to point out that like Nerdy Birds and Team Omega Lol being in the same pod is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. But if like Brave Nerds was in that one, it would just be even more interesting. (laughs) That would be a grudge match for the century. Oh. All no, right. well, the Steam Megalo will probably still win, but they wouldn't do anything good with it, so. Okay. All right. MJ, let's go ahead and take this one away, and we'll try to follow up behind you. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So, all the other tiers have at least five, at most, I think, five factions that have been platinum or higher. At most five. In this group, there's Icy Wind, which have been higher than platinum. Who's Your Daddies, who has topped out at Platinum. The Sidui Dynasty, topped out at Platinum. Electrum, which, if you pay close attention to members on that team, is basically another Stadium Elite team, topped out pretty much Platinum. They've been up at past Platinum if you follow some of them. Team Omegalo has been past Platinum. And Chicago, like, no introduction needed there. You know who they are. Then you look at Nerdy Birds, and, oh, hey, Custom is the manager coach there. He's been past Platinum. Winston the Champ, look at that, a wing attacker, past Platinum. Let me go further down this list here. I want to say Paterni, he's been past Platinum before. Where Wes played, ooh, I think he's played either on a Platinum, yeah, I think he's been on a Platinum team before. Young CEO Slee has been playing with Platinum and Emerald, Pla- like this whole, this group is like, huh. Trying to explain how tough this group is going to be if you don't know who the players are is going is just a moot point. You have Icy Wind, who I consider like the diamond gatekeepers. If you want to make it to diamond or make it to emerald, you got to be able to beat Icy Wind. Who's your days that basically proves in themselves like, yo, we're the team that you got to be able to beat in order to say that you can do well in platinum. Decidueye Dynasty has been constantly improving as the cycles moved on. Nerdy Birds, like, Disclose some information, even if it's like long overdue or past whatever. Like, not that it matters, but Nerdy Birds and Brave Nerds have had scrims before against each other. And I remember the first scrim they had, Nerdy Birds mopped the floor with Brave Nerds. So, you know, doesn't really matter who the A team is there. They're both tough. Did they ever announce the score? Because I just I remember think... the tw- I just remember the tweet from Brave Nerd saying, "So we might have just got beaten by our oh it was second bad. team." I, I, I don't remember what the score is because they did. I think either custom somebody told me i think it might have been custom who told me but like it was it was bad it was a it was a bad beat down like nerdy birds came in and whoo but that's this, where the crack started <laughs> this this whole tier this whole pool is like gee i i don't i don't know whoever you think is going to win this pool like have faith and run with it the one faction i think i will say it's kind of like the darkest of all dark horses and you don't know what's really going to happen with them is who's your daddies like and i'm glad like on the what is it the pools they have like the calendars they tell you what holidays and pokemon go events are happening during each week like this one i wouldn't necessarily be surprised if say week three and week six you get a really bad who's your daddy's matchup where who's your daddy's just li- 
lays lays an egg in the whole thing. Hmm. But at the same time, there's also going to be weeks where they just show up and be like, hey, we're going to beat you down 16-5 and you're not going to stop us. And then Icy win. Like, it's this... I'm at a loss for words because I don't really know how to describe this pool outside of hell on wheels on top of steroids. This is the group from hell, pretty much. Which one? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make any Baldur's Gate references. <laughs> <sighs> That's all I got right now. I think I might have more later on because I'm still looking at all the names in this pool. Forget the teams. I'm looking at the names. How, how do you feel about the Thunder Squirrel's chances? Top six. Sorry, bottom six. Or uh, bottom two. Uh, top eight. I'll say top eight. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Thunder Squirrels. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing but respect for the guys over at the Thunderdome. Y'all do some amazing things week in and week out. I do, however, see the Thunder Squirrels as definitely the weakest team in the stable. And but that's because I'm putting Thunder Fury as a giant question mark. I don't know what's going on with them yet. Uh, Thunder Squirrels was very inconsistent over their performances, so that I, I can't even classify them technically as a bubble team. I'm gonna classify them as you can't f around anymore. You're in the find out section, and forget find out. They're going. They they they're just like, hey, don't put us on a grill. Don't fillet us. Don't gut us like a fish. That's that's yeah. And going back to everything, like Nerdy Birds, Nerdy Birds and Thunder Squirrels are like the bottom tier teams, but like the rest of these, like you were saying, my goodness, I... It's not even fair to call Nerdy Birds a bottom tier team because some of the names on there have played silver or higher. I was like, hold on, I call it, well, I'm just going off of like their fit final like standings where they were going to mm-hmm. be promoted to. So that that's where they're, that's where they land. So even, yeah, like you said, it's not fair to call them that. It's just like, according to the RNG-based algorithm that was implemented, they were classified as, like, the lower teams in a different bucket. Now, with that being said, though, Nerdy Birds is going to be my Dark Horse pick only because, like, I love the Hoosier Daddies. Don't get me wrong. They are really good. There are some question marks on the team, though. And even though they beat us in the scrimmage, we kind of... I hope that the battles that we gave them kind of shown, like, hey, this is what you probably should look at when you battle and stuff. Because that was our, what's it called? That was our scrimmage that we had used. Team Omega Lol, I don't know much about them to have an opinion about them. Chicago um, Stars, was that? Team Omega Lol changes too many members around since like Custom and Mason left. Like, again, when I talked about Hammerheads being 4 0 against former Emeralds, I did point out they were 2 0 against Team Omega Lol. Like, Team Omega Lol, their roster changes over just a bit too much for them to be like, you know they're going to be a threat. They can be a threat. I'll put it like that. They can be a threat, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Chicago, Electrum, Icy Wind, and even Decidueye or Hoosier Daddy just kind of, like, beat them. Not beat them bad, but just get their wins off of them because, like, the team, again, going back to team chemistry, is like, I think only Eastside Pastor, Mystic Sparkle, Gundam Night Air, like those ones have been on the team since day one, if not like for most of the cycle. And then Norris OD probably hopped on a little bit later after the team had his massive split once they moved down to Diamond. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're one of the question marks in the whole thing, not just in this pool, but in the whole thing. It's kind of funny that I'm just noticing on pool number six, there is no wild card slot. 
there's not or, be a wild card to come out of this pool. Or pool number five. Oh, that's rough. Pool the, pools five. I just missed. Just noticed it. Pools five and six will not have a wild card, but one, two, three, and four will. Well, isn't that just like a sample? Like what it's going to look like? Oh, we'll be updated to live status once 25% of week one matches are complete. Okay. Yeah. Because I was about to say, because Chicago already has 43 points. I'm like, but they haven't even battled yet. Right. However, like playoffs. Oh, right, right. Okay. So it can still come from anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Scared myself for a second. I really did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, my if the pools weren't random, like that would make sense, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, good, good call out, by the way, on the Electrum team. That was obviously a name that wasn't familiar but then yeah players all are ones that we've talked about many times again that's just all stadium elite and then one or two no one elite tm member Dear God, like this. if i had to pick i would put chicago stars at number two already choosing violence i know i put chicago stars at number two who's your daddy's number three and then decidui dynasty at number one Ugh, you know, this, there's another reason why I feel like this is the toughest tier too, toughest uh, pool too. Because I just thought about it with Chicago Stars. Like, are they going to be emotionally like there? Like, I know they want to do this and they signed up to do this. Are they going to be emotionally there? Oh they, shoot, that's right. Like I talked about it with Who's Your Daddy's. Like some of the weeks you can bet on them laying an egg, and it's not going to be because they're not there, but it's going to be because of family things. Because so most of them are daddies, if not all of them. But with Chicago, it's like something totally different. Where it's like, Ugh, are y'all going to be ready to come in here? Because they know they got to bring their A game against Electrum. They know they got to bring their A game against Icy Wind. They know they're probably going to have to bring their A game against Who's Your Daddy's and Team Megalo. Like Nerdy Birds is going to come in there and have a threat because a couple of their players know how to play against them. Like. Emotionally, are they has enough time passed? Mm, right, right, right. And then with Electrum, it's like, hey, is this going to interfere with any of the play Pokemon events that you guys got going on? And also, is the spirit of Stadium League going to haunt you guys? Where if you're in first place and you need something to secure, you blow that first place week. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a big question mark for me. I think that they would finish within the top four. Who Electrum? But, yeah. yeah. But I think like. First, first predictions. I got Decidueye Dynasty on top, Chicago Stars, and then third place would be. Did I say Hoosier Daddies? Yeah. Okay, then I got Hoosier Daddies. But that this one's gonna be the toughest one to predict, to be quite frank here. So if I'm right, golly, I'll go buy a lottery ticket. If I'm wrong, hey, you're shooting, uh, you're shooting in the dark, and hoping that you hit your target. I got Electrum. They're definitely getting one of the uh, playoff spots. I think Icy Wind gets the second spot. Mm. And if, if a wild card comes available here, it goes Chicago. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. Okay. Because just, again, looking at all these teams, I'm like, I don't see a wild card coming out of pool six. Like, there's not really one, there's one team everybody can beat up on, but it's a matter of, okay, are you going to beat up on them? that team being thunder squirrels gotcha okay all right jet we're gonna we're both looking at you now (laughs) yeah well and i was i was just trying to decide from like a story perspective i want to see icy wind decidui and nerdy birds just come out with some big wins i don't don't know if that means that carries them through the pool but 
I just want to see some some upsets from them. Yeah, I like upsets too. <laughs> Who Icy Wing gonna beat? That's gonna be considered an upset though. Like the only one they could possibly do is Electrum because they've beaten Chicago Stars before. Yeah, but all all eyes are still on Chicago Stars, right? Like I feel your framing of of the fact that actually still been playing up until a couple weeks ago is is kind of over the heads of a lot of people so it's they've been playing since 2020 like the uh the battle of the servers and then like go team up and then everything they've been going since then like this group i honestly again like if they make the playoffs cool but yo i straight up look at them and go it's okay to take a break (laughs) like God, we, we, you guys, without a shadow of a doubt, are arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest faction of all time. I don't care if you haven't won a championship or not, but dude, like, it's okay for y'all to take a break every once in a while. Just chill. Like, ugh. What if they just won't stop until they win the championship? This is, this is a hard-ass way to start it. <laughs> we, yeah, we get to find out immediately if they have any chill. Well, they get Team Omega Low week one, and after that, who they got? Oh dear God! Electrum. Oh yeah. dear God! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Electrum, then Hoosier, <laughs> and then Thunder Squirrels. So they, oh, they break. They have like they could possibly take the foot off the gas in week four. Mm. Also, quick shout out: the sheet will be posted in the show notes down below, so that that way you can kind of follow along as the weeks get better. I know I was kind of bad about posting it, but this is a nice little Google sheet that will be updated in semi-real time. So, yay. I was bad with that. I'll be the first to admit it. (laughs) Time is (laughs) semi-real. Yeah. It says updates automatically every five minutes. So, oh, dang. I'm looking at the calendar for a second, and the planned break is on the 20th of November, and the off-season begins on the 8th, six days after the GBL season starts. But everything will be wrapped up nicely by, shoot, by the end. So this is hyper-efficient. I like it. Anyway, back to pool six. Well, gentlemen, that was... Do y'all have any final thoughts on any of the teams on any of the pools? Uh, um, I'm trying to think. Pool six is tough to call. Pool five, I think, is kind of more so... A lip got to show whether or not they're going to dominate or not. Otherwise, I got Texas and Hidden Powers and maybe Sharks and Rick pulling out the wild card. I done said anything I need to say about Group 2. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you, you said it so much, you had to stop for a break and get some water. Mm, let's not go back to that one. I, I spent another 30 minutes talking about them. But Phoenix Rising, I feel like, out of Pool 3. That's, that's the group where, that's the team I feel like needs to... I don't know the best way to say this. I'll say they expect them, and even with Muddy Water and Hammerheads in there, I expect them to come out of that pool because the last, like they've been a top te- They've been like at the top, like Diamond, Platinum. They've been that, but since Cycle, I want to say Season One, Cycle Three, if there was a sign that there was a better faction in their pool or in their tier, like you knew it immediately. Like they played elite TMs and bronze and lost them. It was it started off not close and then it ended up being close 13-8. They played Northeast Battlers before Northeast Battlers really got on their grind. 
and lost to them in bronze 11-10. Then they moved into gold and lost to Northeast Battlers again and lost against, who's the one? Bad Muse. I think they lost to somebody else as well. And it's been like, yo, they're, they're, get, they're getting promoted, but it's not like because of their, like getting promoted off their merits, but it's like more so other teams aren't doing what they're do supposed to be doing more so like they're just struggling against the top, the really top, top tier teams. So like with them, I'm like, I don't, I want you guys, like can y'all dominate the way that I think y'all can? Cause looking at that roster, there's no reason why they shouldn't win five, if not six matches here, even though like they're in again, a tough defensive pool, but it's just like, yo, like, are all y'all, this is the, the faction I look at and be like, are y'all gonna take this seriously? And not take it seriously to where you don't get embarrassed, like, but take it seriously to where, okay, only really one faction could truly hang with you guys. And I feel like the one faction that should be able to hang with them no matter what is Muddy Water. Like they should be able to dominate Hammerheads. They should be able to dominate Fearsome Process. Phoenix Rising honestly should be able to dominate Evan Stonks and Deanier don't care. But it's just a matter of, okay, but are they actually? Like mentally, will all of them be there when they have to battle? Because I've battled, I think I've, yeah, I've battled Tony Jr. before. I've battled Peter Von Bernal. I, dear God, I'm kind of scared to battle Shadow Mimikyu after all the battles we've had. The C2, you, like all of them are pretty good. Munchlax is pretty, pretty good. Like for the battles, like, yo, bow to the queen over here. Just come on, you guys. Like, I, I kind of, I want to root for you guys out loud. Just like, give me, give me some hope. Give me a, something I can strong, like grasp onto and ride off into the sunset like a wavering idiot that I could be. That's my hype for them for the season. I appreciate the hype. <laughs> And like, especially getting called out, literally entirely personally, the entire team. It's like <laughs> each and every one of you specifically. Like, I ain't saying come out here and win the whole tier, go undefeated, but like, I'm just saying, looking up and down, like Muddy Water is the only one who I think threatens them, roster by like member by member. Like maybe Evan Stonks, if I look a little bit closer, but even then, it's like ah, I trust. Phoenix Rising more than I do Evan Stonks member by member, but team by team, I trust Evan Stonks more as a team than I do Phoenix Rising. I can be convinced with d don't care, and who was the other one in that group? Oh, wait. No, I can't be convinced with Fierce and Frost last, but d don't care. I can be convinced <laughs> with them over Phoenix Rising. I can be convinced if they play well enough with Thunder Fury, but just... I don't know. Aaron, some frustrations a little bit with Phoenix Rising here. Well, one thing I do want to point out and I'm not just going to pick on Thunder Fury. I'm picking on all of the brand new teams that were created and or rebranded. There is going to be giant question marks on everything or on all the teams. And I had kind of hinted at like the crazy free agency period, but I'm just so much as hinting on it, like brand new teams in particular with brand new teams that were made and brand new teams that, you know, they could come together and they can, you know, flourish and sweep their entire pods or they may stumble out of the gates and fall and or they just may never get their their feet under them and they drop to Owen 7 which is a very legitimate concern to have but I'm going to be wholesome for a second I know I've chosen violence pretty much the entirety of this first the first half of the episode you really did I, yeah I know <laughs> um, but this is the fun part you know like you just make bold predictions, you ruffle some feathers, and then they say, you know what, Taco, you were wrong, and we're going to prove it to you by winning. 
And then I just, look, you won. You had it in you. I'm proud of y'all. And then they're like, shut up. You said bad things about us. Okay. Can't make everybody happy. But go, going back to what I was saying is like, there's obviously a lot of question marks going in. I'm super excited to see how these battles are going to go out. Some of them might turn out the way we expected. And some of them, we might be completely wrong. And if we get dragged through the mud on Twitter or X, that's fine. I'm 100% okay with that can't get everything right otherwise you know i'd be playing lot i'd be playing the lottery when it got a billion dollars and predicted the winning numbers you know but that's those are my final thoughts on the entirety of <laughs> on the entirety of this i'm excited to get some battles underway and like it's just been an amazing gig with the the battle frontier seeing everything all right i'm done <laughs> i think i didn't offer anything i got left to say um yeah, I think I think I got everything. Well, yeah, now nah, I got everything. I'm gonna say some stuff for the article. <laughs> we can stare yeah. at Jed while he says something too, whether it be violent or wholesome. Uh, it's it's kind of in the middle, I guess. I was mildly aware going into this, like who the teams were and just the group of players that we had, but having to actually go through each of the pools understood better how uncomfortable how many of them were i was like okay well this whole thing is is way more up in the air than i anticipated for what is only barely not a fully random setup (laughs) where it's like (laughs) oh the man what a what a shakeout for our what is essentially a trial run of this of this brand new system would it be too violent to say I kind of like this better than what Sylph does on their website a little bit? Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask just the next level of what what is your what what is your basis for that? I would say like, like what do you what do you like better? I like that everything is kind of like brought together in a semi compact form, like when you can follow along standings and who wins and who lost, who loses and such. I kind of think that like that was better than Sylph because like you go like if you go into a pool it's like bam you see the the pool the matchups and then if you scroll down you see who plays who and how they played like I'm using Thunderdome and Delibirds the word you see like oh here's the th- here's Open Great League and then you just scroll down and it's just like oh the Mons are there and the the final score is here and it's just kind of like really kind of compact you didn't have to like click on things to like pull up the little dialogue box and then kind of see everything and then hit show rosters all the rosters are there now one thing i will say that self did better is everybody could input their teams at their own leisure but baby steps gotta walk before you can run yeah self had more stuff behind them this is a group of battlers who's waiting either for the next thing to come or become the next big thing working on what they got and i i appreciate it Alrighty, gentlemen. I think with that being said, it is time to go to break. I'm good so, with the break. Yeah. So, oh, well, you're going to say something, MJ? Nah. Oh, okay. So, with our previews out of the way, violence is chosen and wholesomeness thrown out the window a little bit. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but we will be right back after these messages. Welcome back. 
I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I know I did. Overall, I just feel like this is actually official now that we've had MJ in to chat about stuff. Yeah, I can resp- I can honestly see that as well. <laughs> it's, it's like the official bookend for my brain where it's like start of stuff, end of stuff. MJ is always there. When when we get when we have, you know, the, the admins of the Battle Frontier and we have one of the writers for the Battle Frontier, like this is great. I love this. But we're not going to bask in the we're not going to bask in the awesomeness too much. We are we do have to do some housekeeping. We have to or we are going to plug our socials. We have a discord that is always linked in the show in the show notes down below. Come on in. Tap on the taco. Don't spew burrito propaganda and, you know, hang out with a bunch of other people that also like PV, team based PVP. There's also a section in there where you can answer the weekly question that we put we put in day in and day out we also have a, an an x <laughs> a twitter where you can follow us on follow us there we are at dragonair den keep update if any if there's ever an, a web a webisode an episode that is not coming out we'll be the first to tell you we also are going to talk about or especially with the season starting up we're going to shout out some some opposing teams that we fight against my favorite time of the season it's my favorite time of the year honestly like battle season and stuff we also do have a patreon where you can donate honestly you can donate some money to keep us help us keep digital lights on we also do want to take this Mostly time to- because spotify is being mean <laughs> oh yeah spotify is mean but we also do want to thank our patrons <laughs> thanks obama zt smith and sotiri your donations are definitely help definitely help us out a lot and we will shout you out on every episode until we get to so large that I have to make a Google Doc for it. But even then, that's a very long time from now. Oh, and also, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. I think that's about the top four that I have put on. But if anything changes, we'll be the first. We'll make a tweet about it. So it is now time for our community engagement section. Last week, we asked you, in your opinion, which Pokemon do you think are the biggest winners and or losers on the move update? Checking in on our Discord answers, Ryblet said Gligar is the obvious answer, but Scorching Sands Diggersby is going to be nuts. Also, rest in peace, Skarmory. Poor, poor Skarmory. Just always, always the unintended victim. <laughs> on that note, actually, I've lost to a lot of Skarmories because... I just don't respect it, and then Skarmory comes in, and I just lose. So <laughs> that's that's the the sad the sad day for me. Yeah, don't don't be surprised with the the Celesteela coming our way next week if you don't see a few of those around. True. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Next answer was from Danny, and he says, "Greet it with." He was supposed to say Mudshot, but he put Mud Bomb will be fun, and then was corrected a little bit later. But Greet It With Mudshot is honestly a little... is very fun. It reminds me of Water Shuriken, Greninja with Water Shuriken. You know, four Mudshots and you're at Body Slam and then it's just three right after. You are just spamming Body Slams left and right. It is great. And then finally, Moist Donut says Rip Lantern. Well, we'll see how that comment ages... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> through the season you know honestly with 
I kind of see the the lantern spark buff debuff nerf whatever kind of a side grade like it's still I thought it was still going to be there but it's just it's so bulky that I would probably make the comment that because it's so bulky and spark does more damage it kind of helps lantern a little bit more than it hinders it yeah so it's, that, it's it's much it's much less of a nerf I think than was intended right like that that was that was clearly what they were going for and I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it, like I feel your lack of ability to describe it as a buff or a nerf is is exactly all the all the evidence that that's necessary as far as that kind of missing the mark. Yeah, but you know Niantic gonna Niantic, they're gonna do their best not screw up things too much. Sorta. So yeah, so this week our community engagement question is in and after listening to. All of the team, all 48 teams in all six pools that are competing. In your opinion, which team or teams have the best chance of making it out of their pool or pod? It can be, yeah. (laughs) You know, us, you can say, yeah, Diener Don't Care is going to make it out of the pod. And I would be slightly inclined to disagree with you. But (laughs) this is. You can be as like one-worded answers as that, or you can give us an entire list of, you know, pool number one, this team, pool number two, this team, and then give us a slight explanation if you want. All bets are off. If you answer it on Spotify, you only get like 150 characters, so I totally understand there. If you answer it on a Discord question, you can kind of flesh out your answer a little bit more. All answers are going to be read aloud, assuming that they don't have swear words or they're safe for work to say. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. So now I'm going to blindside. I'm going to blindside my co-host Jet and say, Jet, in your opinion, which team has the best chance of making it out of out of their pod? And why is it not? De- and why is it Dean Air don't care? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we'll immediately renege on the earlier part. Uh, was it like I just closed all my tabs? Uh, I think we were looking at like cool. F- five as kind of being a little bit more lopsided right like mm-hmm. but i'm still standing by where i left it as far as like just how uncomfortable the, the pools are where tempting as it is to just kind of go with what would have been the front runner like from old uh, faction standings like so many of these teams are already different than they were either by nature of the team limit essentially where like other teams just couldn't get in so they they like i kind of got split to sprinkle across all of the different teams or or what have you where it's it's really very different kind of dynamic right bread and and just particular teams that may or may not have ever gotten a chance to play before and then obviously some with very storied histories are in the same pools so it's it's a little bit of everything and that's that's to me what is is already making it great true and how and how i'm gonna avoid this question (laughs) fair i think my like i could do a cop out and say that sky dragon sky dragons gaming is the team to is it going to be the has the best chance but I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'm going to go... I finally got that stupid document back open. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to say that I think the team that has the best chance of making it out 
the is gonna be pull number three. No, 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 that's a lie. Pull number one. Assuming they beat Sky Dragons Gaming. TNT Fingles. So is that like a weird way of saying Sky Dragons, but TNT? <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to your interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I wasn't going to take the cop-out answer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, just to to sandwich this section, I'm kind of going to agree that after talking about all of them, that to me, pool one maybe is a little bit less intense than the others. (laughs) But... Again, happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, I love being proven wrong, especially with these predictions. So, so do want to let you know, Dragon Tamers, if you have an answer to this week's question, which I will say once again, in your opinion, which team has the best chance of making it out of their pod? Please feel free to let us know, whether it be Spotify, Discord, Twitter, direct message, whatever. Do also want to point out that I will have the spreadsheet of all the teams and the pools linked in the show notes down below. And if not, well, yell at me until I do. <laughs> so, with our community engagement section right, uh, past us, it is now time to move into the Play Pokemon segment. Now, longtime listeners of the show will know that we had this at the front, but because we had such a great time doing the pools and the previews, we're going to move it to the second part. So, in this Play Pokemon segment... Also, it might continue to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, so with the Play Pokemon segment, first things first, the regional in Pittsburgh, the very first one of the season, is going to happen by the time this recording goes live. We want to send a special good luck and have fun to our Diener Don't Care Factions teammate, Matt. I'm not going to say at the end of it, because I forget if it's 0-2-G-2 or 2... Okay, I got it. So, Matt, best of luck. You're going to make us proud and... Remember, keep those dragon fangs sharp and bring dragon fire to this to this regional. You're gonna do awesome. Not honestly, that was the the biggest thing. Now it's time for some local plugs. There's gonna be two Pokemon Go League challenges. One is gonna be on September 17th at Turtle Power Games in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, starting at 3 p.m. There is a five dollar entrance fee, and that is what the store has decided on. Is going to be in the Lindale Mall starting at 3 p.m. Definitely would recommend getting out there. You know, I'll be there on location with a couple of crew from my local scene, and we're going to try to get this thing to fire off. Always remember, points are on the board, and if you do well enough, you get Pokemon TCG prize packs. With that being said, there is also another league challenge on September the 23rd at Critical Hit Games in Iowa City. Once again, that one is going to, or there's no entry fee for this one, it is completely free. And that one will be probably would have been better if I had the link picked up. But, you know, real time, real time taco is not the greatest. (laughs) Stalling for content. Yeah, it will be held at noon. So, yeah, it'll be held at noon at Critical Hit on September the 23rd. Sorry, September the 23rd. Where are you? It got it went and got missing. Did whatever. I said what I said. No take backsies. Based on what you typed, you've said exactly those things. <laughs> <laughs> and then on September the twenty fourth, the day after Community Day, 
there's going to be the League Cup held in Iowa City. Now, this one's a special cup because it is held. It's once again at Critical Hit Games. It will be held once every three months, and there are massive points on the line for the top finishers. Would highly recommend if you're just getting started in PvP. This is the best. Honestly, this is the best time to make it out, meet some players, and just kind of get together and take part in this community. You don't have to be an amazing PvP player. You just need to play Pokemon account with a trainer ID. So with is that being that, so, so what can can you remind me what the difference between League Challenge and League Cup is? Yeah. So for those, so for Jet and those of you that have trouble differentiating between the two, the Pokemon Go, the Play Pokemon League Challenge is a once a month tournament held at a game shop, where you can have TCG and or Go, and you take part, and if you win, you get a maximum of I was going to say fifteen, but 15 to 30, it hasn't been said yet because the support tickets haven't been cleared up or there hasn't been clarification. So 15 or 30 points for the winner. And then depending on how well you do, they cascade down to a top cut. Or, yeah, uh, you need at least four players to fire off the uh, the Go Challenge. It's really simple. You can hold those once a month. Now, the Play Pokemon League Cup, excuse me, is a once every three month tournament, once again held, at, excuse me, held at the the game shop and this one has upwards has 50 points available to the winner and there are more prizes that are in store i have never taken part in a league cup yet so once after september the 24th when we have the episode ready to go i will give more information on that but this is kind of like what i've gotten from my friends in the tcg crowd since none of them this is the first time that go is doing it so if the, if I misinform you, I'm sorry. I'm going off of what TCG says or my TCG friends say. But once that gets squared away, I will have more information going forward. So it sounds like it's mostly like a timing thing for any particular host, I guess. And does it affect you as a player? Like, can you only play in one like league challenge per month and then one league cup every three months also or is it just for like restrictions on the hosts do you know so if you're the host you can hold one league challenge a month and one league cup every three months but if you're a Uh player you can compete in as many as you want cool now the caveat with that is they the play pokemon or tpci will only take your six best league challenge placements and league cup placements. So if you do the six and that's all your, those are all the points you get, then that's fine. If you do eight and you won six of them, well, then that means you got a perfect score with league points and everything else is just meh. The reason why they, they held a cap at that is because they, because you need 500 points to qualify for worlds, but they're not going to like say, Let's use me as an example because I like to travel. They're not going to use me. Like, I'm not going to go to, like, tournaments in Illinois, Nebraska, ew, Nebraska, Texas, and compete and make <laughs> <laughs> and make my 500 points just by doing locals and cups and not even touching a regional. That's not fair for the people that do regionals, and that's, that's not fair to me because I can go into, like, the world, and it's going to be played like a regional, and I'm not going to know what to do. So they're definitely incentivizing it. Also, I do want to point out that the regional winner does get an automatic invite. It just won't cascade down. Like second place doesn't get an auto invite anymore. They just get a boatload of points. 
So hopefully that disincentivizes traveling to a bunch of regionals and then like winning all of them because yeah, puts a puts a target on your back. <laughs> yeah, because that that's kind of not cool. Like let other regional winners win is what I'm saying. <laughs> so that is that is all I have for play Pokemon. Jet, what about you? Just have to check in with the local crew and see if we have kind of an official host yet or or if there has been much research on that and then kind of kind of see where my local stuff is going to be because the last few time, times that I've checked there isn't like anything for go like I mentioned there are some for TCG especially but haven't haven't done the little work yet to get go included mm-hmm. I see but yeah, didn't didn't want to be leaguer the the whole league cup versus league challenge thing. But good to know those are all kind of in the same pool of if you want to maximize your your locals points and not have to go to as many regionals to attempt the the world qualification. Then right, and I I think the max that you can do is three hundred and ninety points out of five hundred. So that definitely leads like do is just, you know, do really well at regional and bam, you have an invite for worlds. And that's, obviously you said, I mean, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty nice way of framing it though. Like it may take you a couple of times to get a good showing in regionals, but it is possible to just have that combination be enough points wise. Yeah. So there, there's more than one, like there's hundreds of ways to skin a cat obviously there's please don't different yeah very bad turn of phrase but there's there's multiple ways to get to worlds this time (laughs) it's not like regional and bam you're in there might there might be some more and you know the 500 points it seems like a lot trust me i thought it was going to be 450 or 400 but you know after you know worked what they did they did what they did they're dealing points out the way they're supposed 390 points is very doable the biggest hurdle is going to be getting go off and running on the ground. Now, I will say that and then some of my NAIC also is kind of another asterisk. Yeah. Now, I will say that some of my faction teammates have kind of reached out and be like, hey, how did you do this? What did you do? I sent them a template of and some links of like how to get started. And I said, here, show to your, your TCG TO player. And now it looks like that they both have leagues are starting soon so i'm very proud of to help to help them as much as i can so now we're gonna get you now we're gonna get the <laughs> i hope so. which like 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 i've talked about one of the locals is is literally right down the road from my house so that would be super convenient to not have to add in a bunch of drive time but yeah we'll see we'll see yeah all right so that is our play pokemon segment and now it's time for the salsa bar where we make fun of because of the choices he made because hindsight is 2020 so jet i do want to point out this is not pokemon related but gasp is the most it's kind of funny when looking back at it now i recently started playing this game a lot of people have seen it it's called baller's gate 3 100 recommend it would buy it if you like divinity 2 or the divinity games or crpgs from back then you're gonna love it especially if you like D. anyway i'll stop guessing about it this isn't a review for baldur's gate 3 
Anyway, in Baldur's Gate, you can romance characters. I went into the game like, oh, this is the character I want to romance. I messed up, and another character tried to put them to romance me, and I selected, and that you can choose, choose to be exclusive or polyamorous, and it's fine. I thought I chose the selection to make a polyamorous relationship, like it was, and and kind of went from there, thought nothing of it, and then I finally got to romance the character I wanted to, and I was told, no, you're already in a relationship with someone else by the character. And the game doesn't tell you, like, you're going to be in a monogamous relationship. You just have to infer it from, like, the dialogue details. So I romanced the wrong character. And by the, I tried to find a save that I reloaded. But then I realized that my only save was after, like, at five minutes into the game. And by the time I looked at it, I was at 17 hours into the game. So I restarted the entire my entire character and campaign just so I could romance the, the correct character that I wanted to. And for those of you wondering, it's Shadowheart. Shadowheart is the best person to romance. I will fight anybody in the comments. You don't touch this, my cleric. This seems, this seems extreme. <laughs> but, I mean, I felt bad because I had to, there's some stuff that, like, I wanted to do. Like, I went in with a plan. I was following the plan. And then the plan got blown up because I was dumb. Didn't, um, at, didn't like, quite follow eight. the plan, actually. Yeah. So I restarted the whole campaign, and now I'm having so much more fun with my build. I also re- redid my character because I don't want to play this this thermonuclear atomic bomb character that throws out lightning bolts at everything. I'm gonna be a paladin and smack things as I yell "Deus Volt." So you had you had other changes of heart. It wasn't just it wasn't just the romance. You you got to put other knowledge into the 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 reskill. Yeah, well, see, it started with, I want to romance the right character. But then it turned into, I'm going to romance the right character, and I'm going to have fun with this build. A little, little bit of a snowball. Yeah. I, so I was I was slightly relieved that this was not RuneScape related. I haven't touched RuneScape in about two months. Be proud of me. Now, with that being said, I'm probably going to play RuneScape this weekend. Anyway. <laughs> I got some fishing to do. <laughs> Look, I need to get that 99 fishing cape. It looks really nice with my fashion scape. Anyway, so almost at the end, I promise. <laughs> GBL I may progress. I don't know much about fishing, but I'm pretty sure capes have nothing to do with it. Yeah, we're going to have a talk about capes of accomplishment because I want that 99 fishing. Anyway, <laughs> GBL progress. So, Jed, I, I've seen you post rend- like some things in. The Discord. Could you explain what that is, please? They're, why you're acting like they're random? <laughs> well, they, they say I'm, like I am. They say I'm like R. Well, they say like R four, and I'm like, does this mean rank? And then you have like mons that you that like you get lined up with. Are those the mons you used or the mons that you fought against? Oh, that's that's what that's what I fought against. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, R R is just R is just rank. Like I, I'm doing them in order, similar similar to previous seasons. I have a new challenge mon that I'm using up through rank twenty. Um, started with started with Flareon, and then Fish gave me the challenge mon of Raiko last season, and Entei got a fun new move. So I just I chose that one, and in a lot of ways, it's feeling similar to the Flareon challenge, just because it's another Firespin user, but. Man, the Scorching Sands 
has helped it be so much less terrible than it was with Ironhead. <laughs> like the, the, the coverage is, is actually like usable, and so I'm I'm not having just like one completely awful mod every game. Like it's it's actually doing work. Like especially because fire is is kind of a rare typing, especially this season with let's let's face it, way more lantern than anyone maybe expected after the quote-unquote nerf uh, and, and obviously the right the re uh the reascension of, of azumarill where whenever medi is good azu is is just following right there like even with the new grass move trailblaze like sure it, it does it does a dent into the azu but azu can can tank most things and with the earthquake nerf, like it's 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 even better into stuff like the G Fisk. So plenty plenty of challenges, but I'm having I'm having surprisingly good games and, and like tough competition. Just because of the team that I've been running recently. There there have been a few old setups like I played against Azu Altaria Medi team that was just like a RPS win for me where they didn't even see the Entei, where it's like, this is fine. Like, <laughs> that just means that I've picked good kind of counterparts. And and maybe that's that's the biggest difference for Entei so far, is that while Flareon and Raikou were both almost by design, like, they needed to be in the front because of their debuffing moves, like, Entei gets to chill. It gets to be, it gets to be one of the swap mons, which... Some people just don't take it seriously. Like, they see the Entei, like, oh, okay, well, if it's going to be like that, I could take my foot off the gas. So that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's been fun to flip some matchups that, like, when you look at the teams that I've played, because I'm, I'm posting them, like, it's, it starts to be kind of fun even just imagining, because I'm not labeling the wins and the losses, I'm just saying the score for the whole set, like... Which of those teams were wins? <laughs> like because as as many people have encountered the amount of time that people played around kind of with more new mons or kind of spicy mons seems even shorter than in previous seasons where they're just they're just going straight to how how can I leverage these things and, and be pretty serious about the season pretty quick. <laughs> But uh, yeah, outside that, I did appreciate uh, AJ's dream running the triple triple axle. Like that was that was pretty sweet. Oh, that's gonna be that's a fun one. I only have Hip on Top built with Counter or Hip on Top built and Serena built. Someday we'll get Trope Kick. But how how's your GPL season started? So I'm currently at rank fourteen. I'm uh, currently sitting at 57, 57 wins and 33 losses, so I'm doing pretty well. I had a lot, like, I, obviously it's very skewed, but... Obviously it's very skewed, but I'm having fun with the team. I've ran two teams. One was Scorching Sands, Flagon, Jellicent, and Umbreon, and then I... At rank six, I subbed in Venusaur for Umbreon and took that all the way to rank eleven. And now I'm doing Mudshot, Greedent, 
Felix, the regular, because shadows are dumb and stupid. And so, so you didn't get a good one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Swampert as my closer. Actually, that's a lie. I do have a good shadow Steelix. I just choose not to use it. Insert copium joke here. Yeah, you, you never know what'll show up on the Taco Dog roster. Yeah, I'm not afraid of also using the. I'm not afraid of also using the. What's the word? Using shadows if like it absolutely like I absolutely have to. But if given the choice, I would rather not. That said, I do hope they do another rotation of Shadow Flygon, just because really don't don't have many of those options. It's like I know I have a couple, like literally one for Great League and one for Ultra League built, but it's like I know plenty of people who have zero. So that's okay. Shadow Flygon is dumb. All right, I'll stop choosing violence for like ten seconds. I have also like the the jelly this season though. It seems pretty strong. Yeah, Jels is honestly an unsung hero, and I I really appreciate it. But I, I do feel that way for anything that has an angle on both Medi and Azu this season. I think it's gonna really rise up in usage. Like we we've already seen it a lot with Cress in particular is one of those that kind of either either move set that you're running. As long as you have grass knot on there, like you've you've got a, a pretty strong answer to both, right? Well, alrighty then. So that's a nice GBL. I probably will be at rank twenty with an Elo reveal, probably on stream if I can get the streaming stuff to work out on Saturday. That's assuming that. Cool. That's also assuming that. I'm not doing, or I don't get kidnapped by my little brother to do something because my birthday was on the is Friday. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> birthday shenanigans are good too. Yeah. God, I'm gonna be 28. Woo. It's just it's just another day, but you might as well take the celebration. I will I will pat myself on the back that I made it around the sun another time. Anyway. So, with that being said, this is a really great episode. We wanna, I want to take this opportunity to appreciate every time MJ comes on. We know that it's going to be an amazing time. It's also very insightful. Maybe because he's been doing this longer. He's, he's got that encyclopedia of team knowledge. Yeah, I can't wait to pick his brain a little more, too. Well, alrighty, so... Once again, want to give a special shout out to MJ Get It. You can follow him on Twitter. I know that we didn't ask him to plug away, but I will plug for him. Follow him on Twitter. Definitely, he's got that question up. You can ask him questions anonymously, I think. But all around, super chill, super knowledgeable, and we can't wait to, to see and read his articles. With all of that being said, however, it is unfortunately time we say our goodbyes. But always remember, keep your dragon fangs sharp. Frostlass is incredibly overrated. Stay away from those fairy types. Give Flygon breaking swipe, gosh darn it. And until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. They'll still not give it to you. <laughs>